Hello everybody and welcome back to Elder Geeks Game Club. This is episode number 34, Super Castlevania 4. I'm your host Steve and with me as always is Phil. Phil, how are you doing tonight? Very good, how are you? I'm doing exceptional, thank you. Uh, Randy is with us as well. Randy, how are you doing this evening? I am doing well and I have a question for you both. Oh. Yes. Were your efforts enough to exhaust Dracula and his minions, or did you suffer from some uh, limp whip syndrome? <laughs> no, I. <laughs> of course, I. I'm saving Dracula. that one up for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, my there's efforts... no way I could have gone in like five minutes into the show without doing that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, at, at this stage of my life, my uh, the whip has gotten a little limp, but um, <laughs> I, I have in the past. Uh, uh, vanquished uh, dracula but so <laughs> once again which by the way we're playing castlevania yeah, 4 <laughs> for, for those of you who might be joining us for the first time uh what we do in the game club is we pick a game usually a retro indie or a classic title uh we'll play it for a couple of weeks and then we reconvene here on the internet and we do this podcast where we discuss the game in kind of a book club kind of style I guess it's not really an official review. We just kind of share what, what we thought of it, what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, and then we ask our audience to get involved and, and let us know what they thought as well um, to varying degrees of success. And this time around, we did play Castlevania 4, also known as Super Castlevania 4 uh, for the Super Nintendo. And Phil, why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, history lesson on the game? Sure, it's going to be a short one. I actually, we did... Uh, Symphony of the Night this time last year for our uh, Halloween game, and I yes. forgot that that was when we used to do the polls, and it was yeah. this was actually against Symphony of the Night. So here we are, a year later, finally doing Castlevania Four. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's good. Felt good waiting that year. <laughs> well, it didn't feel good waiting. It's kind of, a, it's good. kind of amazing. It's been a year actually. I know. Uh, I think I know, about it's, it. It's crazy. So I looked over the notes because I wasn't sure. I thought I smartly. Only, if I do say so myself, only covered Symphony of the Night in the history because Castlevania is such a large beast of a, of a series that it would be impossible to cover everything. Yeah, so here a very I, rich history. Oh, yeah. So in this case, I'm only really talking about just Castlevania 4 here. Okay. Um, which, actually, surprisingly, there is not too much to say about it. Um, it was originally released on the uh, Super Nintendo, as we said, uh, in December of 1991, which is, I guess, kind of like considered launch window as they say now they never used to say that then but a few months after the SNES released mm. um, and it was only re-released one time on the virtual console in 2006 so you know this game didn't get repackaged a bunch of times like most of the other Castlevania games and only available on Nintendo systems as well um, so despite the fact that it's called Castlevania 4 it's actually a remake of the original game uh, the Japanese version is called, I'm probably going to butcher the name of it, but Aku, Akumajo Dracula. It's actually not even Dracula. It's spelled differently, but it's, that's what it translates into. So Devil Devil Castle Dracula, something like that. Okay. I should have written that down. Um, and that's actually the same exact title as the original Castlevania. So hmm. it's, for you know, for all purposes, this is a remake of the original Castlevania. Same story. It's not moving anything forward. Simon Belmont doing his thing. And I added this note in. So this is going to get a little confusing. The first N64 game in the Castlevania series, there's two of them, was simply titled Castlevania. So that actually was just called Castlevania. But that is 
its own thing. That is not a remake. It just shares the same name. Hmm. And the Japanese version of the game is called uh, Castlevania Apocalypse. Well, really, Aku, Akumajo Dracula Apocalypse. Um, so I just thought that was kind of weird. Just the, the way the, the naming conventions work for these games. Which, by the way, did you guys ever play the 64 ones before? I haven't. I, you know, I played the 64 one for like two seconds and then stopped. I was oh, yeah. like, nope. You done. hated it that much then? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I got to like the first skeleton, which you're not very far in, and I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, that was... I was always really kind of dubious of the early um, 3D games. Yeah, that's like, there all there was. There were early 3D <laughs> games that were, like, that were good, like Mario 64 and Zelda 64, and then there was a lot of early 3D games that were just bad, and, and I guess Castlevania you, was one of them. You must not have played a lot of games in those times. That's all there was. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I, still played, I still played a fair share. The N64 had some cool platformers, not to like go off on a tangent, but the Banjo-Kazooie you know, series on, on the N64 was great. And, uh, I don't know. I remember I played more than my fair share of, uh, the cruising games on the N64 as well. Oh boy. Plus Turok. So many hours of Turok. (laughs) Which one? The original. Yeah. I like the original. I I don't know if I'd like it if I went back to it now, but I remember being pumped for two and two was such a turd. Yeah. Two was the only thing cool about two was the, the cerebral bore. Yeah. That was, that was cool. And the fact that it ran at like five frames per second. But anyway, <laughs> kind of, it, 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 it is kind of an. And I don't, I don't mean to get us off on a tangent. But when you think about a classic game, since we're talking about a classic game, it, it, it's kind of funny that like kind of back then, like a, a lot of times, like you can name a lot of sequels that were just horrible. Whereas mm-hmm. now in modern days, it seems like the first game comes out and it's like a proof of concept, and then the sequel uh-huh, comes right. out and it's way better than the original, and it's like they're building on these iterations of a game. Whereas back then, it was like this awesome game would come out and then a sequel would come out and it would be just a pile of crap. Yeah, um, looking at you, Assassin's Creed and Gears of War. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that was just a little uh, aside. Oh no, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so then there is Castlevania Chronicles, which is a 2001 PlayStation 1 port of a 1993 Sharp, uh, I'm not even going to bother, <laughs> X6800,000 game. Um, some <laughs> PC, some j- j- Japanese PC platform. That, <laughs> That's great, uh, that great branding. I like that. Yeah, that I am not familiar <laughs> with. Um and that game, I'm bringing that one up because that is also a retelling of the original Castlevania. Uh, mm-hmm. So this game has been remade many, many, many times. And really, the first NES Castlevania, um, it's not in my notes, but I just know off the top of my head, was uh, there was like a, I think, MSX version. And I forget which yeah. one came first, but that was almost a completely different game. And then there's Haunted Castle, which is the arcade version of Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, I remember that one, actually. Yeah, and that is also like a remake of Castlevania. And I remember the, the main character. I don't remember what his name was, but he was gigantic on the screen in Haunted yeah, Castle. Yeah, he, he's Simon, I think. He was Simon? I believe he's Simon. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I'm sure that somebody in the comments will actually correct, correct us if me. we're wrong, but that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I believe he's Simon. That game is hard as shit. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to complete that one. I I, I had it uh, obviously on Mame, and I can remember playing it for hours, hours, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it for the life of me. It's so hard. Um, 
Yeah, so, oh, and then Randy added a note in here. This is the first <laughs> Castlevania to feature Slogra and Gaibon. Am I saying them right? I don't know. I say Slogra and Gaibon, but hey. Gaibon. People, people will know who we're talking about. The yeah. Pterodactyl Spearman and the Gargoyle Dude. They're always mm-hmm. together. Well, they yes, they because of this game, they're always together. Yeah. They were just separate. It's funny because they were... You fight Slogger first, mm-hmm. and then you fight uh, Gaibon second. But in like Symphony of the Night, they paired them up. No, I'll never forget that either. In Symphony of the Night, when they threw both of them at you, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is hardcore!" Because yeah, they got both of them. That's actually like one of the hardest fights in the game, I think, too. In Symphony, because you're like it's really underpowered early on, and you're super yeah. underpowered. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a tough fight. I can remember being kind of stuck at it when I when I first played that. All right, so our thoughts on Super Castlevania. I just. Uh, spoke greatly so one of you two go ahead Steve well looks steve looks absolutely ecstatic so let's go with this <laughs> he's bubbling over no I, yeah I, this, this <laughs> castlevania is probably my favorite castlevania and and now granted i don't have a ton of experience with the more contemporary uh games at all actually i think i played one of the playstation 2 ones and was it was like a devil may cry clone and I, this is a piece of it. shit no yeah. matter which one you played it's a piece of shit right okay so good so i haven't i haven't missed anything that's good <laughs> i liked lament of innocence but we phil and i had this discussion before the show the other one was the other one was a, a piece of crap uh, of i'm gonna I, i'm gonna borrow a little bit from something phil wrote years ago and that and that for me this castlevania one of, one of the things i love about it is it still feels like castlevania to me it doesn't simon is, is still like a big like barbarian dude and he's he's you know he just seems a lot tougher and like you were saying in the arcade game he's like you know he's he's huge he he's a good fighter uh he doesn't have this whole layer of the whole i'm not a fan of where they went with the series with the whole like anime ladyboy thing i just don't didn't really dig that too much and uh so this game to me kind of is the highlight of the series really in in terms of like sticking to that original early castlevania feel um and it's the game that i i identify with the series the most uh personally i'm not saying that it is the best in the series you know everyone's entitled to their opinion but for me this is the one that that kind of sticks out as i was sitting down and playing it uh it was just like like I remembered everything, and it all just came back to me, and it just you know all the jumps and everything felt natural. Um, I, I think that this game has just some of the tightest controls uh, of any game, really, from that time period. Uh, and it just kind of not only does it sum up Castlevania for me, but it really kind of sums up the Super Nintendo. This game, along with like Act Razor, um, which we played in an earlier game club, if you didn't catch it. Uh, are kind of the two games that really just sum up the Super Nintendo for me, as far as my memory goes. I mean, 1991 uh, and 90. What Act was 93, right? No, no, that was 91. Also, they were they were both around uh, the same time. I believe 91. I, I would think so. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So like right around that time, the age I was at and everything, it just kind of that was like the Super Nintendo to me. I kind of lost I lost track of the series after that, um, but. Uh, yeah, this is this is easily my favorite one. I, can, I you see what you're saying about the whole this is the Super Nintendo because you know even for a launch title it was still even even from the beginning until the end of the Super Nintendo's life cycle it was one of the best ones you know one of the best games that actually existed on that console and I actually still stand by the fact that I think this actually has one of the best soundtracks in any oh, yeah. video game yes, ever absolutely you know 
Yeah. I actually still, when I'm, you know, when I'm just having a day where I need to hear something in the background and I can just kind of work through the music, a lot of times I'll actually play the Super Castlevania 4, you know, soundtrack. It's not very mm-hmm. long, but but it's, you know, it's kind of fun to listen to. It's almost like entertainment for your brain while you're doing work kind of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I love the soundtrack. I always listen to it. It's and awesome. uh, I think I made this comment on our Facebook page as well. Um, I really think that this game, more than any other game out there, I really think that this one... There's something totally Halloweenish about it. Like it seems to fit mm-hmm. the the time of the year. It seems to fit fall perfectly. It seems to fit the the holiday perfectly, and uh, it's just a ton of fun because it goes through all the classic monsters. It has mm-hmm. the Frankenstein monster. It has the mummy, and it has of course Dracula, and uh, and then there's death, and then uh, you know Medusa Medusa is in it as well. Um, so it's it's a ton of fun, and and the setting is perfect. Um, one of, one of my favorite things about this game has always been, um, even though it was a, a remake of the original, how they start you back further in distance from the castle. The original one starts you just outside of the castle mm-hmm. in the courtyard with the, with the torches and the, and the statues. Uh, this one starts you further back out to like the, the gates of Dracula's estate, and you work through his, his stables, and then you work through like the swamp area just outside, mm-hmm. and then up like the waterfall. And it's not just... It's not just your experience within the castle. It's like your assault on all of Dracula's territory, and I and I loved that. Um, yeah, yeah. There you have it. That's the, that's my thoughts. It's, it's a near perfect game. It really is. <laughs> well, I could probably keep going. Uh, oh, I could too. But I, I wanted to, I wanted I to start the ball a little bit. I'm oh, sure all I right. Gush yeah, more that's, later. that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you like you said, it's you know how it's just one of the great Super Nintendo games. I agree. It, it's crazy how something so polished could come so early in a, in the console's life cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. I mean, looks wise, when you look at it, it's, um, I think it looks great still, but like the color palette on, it's really weird. Like, um, it's very dark for a super Nintendo game, very muted, almost Genesis, like, like color palette, which yeah. is, uh, it's kind of strange. It almost makes me wonder if they were developing it, maybe not on super nintendo at first or something i don't know i'm just this is just throwing stuff around maybe for the x6800 uh. yeah maybe yeah may, like yeah some odd thing yeah i don't know it's just it's strange to me but um but i love it i think it, it works it yeah just doesn't yeah doesn't i mean look. the level of detail going on in in, in all the environments is, is pretty astounding especially like when you're you're walking through and then you know the backgrounds there's like three layers of backgrounds oh, scrolling all, yeah, independently so and there's little animated it. things going on back there that just yeah, it, and people don't realize how awesome and original that was at the time to be having that like multi-tiered background where mm-hmm. there were actually things animated in the background. That was big shit back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's even that. Um, I th- I was picking up on a couple of little details playing through it this time. Uh, I think it's stage four. There's that mini boss. It's that it's that skull that comes down and it has <laughs> the like, almond the cra- skull. Yeah, and it has like the crazy <laughs> tongue, and then like it breathes just like grossness at you, and as it does that, it starts melting the wall. As mm-hmm. it, and I was like, that's like a cool, like, it's cool that they thought of that. It's cool that they thought, let's have this shit melt the wall as it, you know, they, people didn't think about that kind of stuff back then. And even the, um, the, in the treasury, the, uh, the bat that's made out of gold, he starts dropping like little coins and the coins, like when they hit the ground, they actually spin out for a second. And then you watch, it's cool. It's just like mm-hmm. these neat, neat little effects that I think at the time and even today, like they just, 
go a long way, and you can tell that these people were like really caring about this game as they were uh, developing it. And another thing I, I, I think is really great about this game, too, is you can really tell that they enjoyed playing with the Super Nintendo itself. Like, all the Mode 7 stuff, and those... And, Early, even I would say through most of the SNES life cycle, Mode 7 was just used, which, by the way, if you're not familiar, Mode 7 is the scaling trick that the Super Nintendo used. A lot of those yeah. games just most used that. Most popularly used in, like, Mario Kart or, or yeah, some of the yeah. mid-levels on, like, the Super Star Wars games. Right. It was used for that, or, like, title screens. They would just have, like, the logo zoom in your face, and, you know, that, that was about it. Uh, but Castlevania actually used it for like cool like game sequences like there's the rotating rooms there's the first one where you have to latch on to um like a there's these anchor points you can latch onto your whip mm-hmm. and the whole room just kind of slowly rotates and then it drops you and then you got to fight a bunch of medusa heads off and then you have to latch on again and the room rotates i think that stage is like really it's it's an awesome idea and playing it again i feel like they could have done more with that stage but it's even cool that they just did it at all mm-hmm. like it's just yeah. a cool it's yeah. a cool stage i think you're right i think it was a lot of like playing around with the mode 7 stuff that the snes could do right i mean they were... good i was gonna say at the time you could really tell you could really tell they were pushing what they could do with with the snes's processor and everything because even now you'll get some massive slowdown on those mode 7 maps yeah when, yeah like, if you whip a, a candle and then a skeleton and they blow up and mm-hmm. the slowdown if that happened in the game today as reviewers, we would probably lambaste the shit out of the game. Like, oh, there was slowdown all the time because there's too many enemies on screen. But back then and even now, as I play those stages and I, like, whip a skeleton and it explodes in slow motion, I always thought that was really cool. Like, I thought I was doing something really? so <laughs> Yeah, oh, I totally did. Like, meanwhile, so it was badass. just... It needs to be seen in slow motion. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, it was, like, the SNES just, like, chugging along, <laughs> yeah, tr- yeah, trying exactly. so hard, getting everything it could out of that little processor. Hence the blast processing, by the way, that Sega was able to throw around. What Nintendo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all their games were all their games were coming to a crawl. Yeah, the slowdown in Castlevania is a little rough, but it's nowhere near as bad as like um, Gradius Three or something like that, like another right. Konami game. But um, yeah, and then the uh, there's the other rotating room that you're running through, and, and the the bridge is falling behind you. And that one's more of like an effect just to show you how awesome it is. But at the same time, they still add like their skeletons are bursting out of the background as it, as it ro- you know as it scrolls, and it's just like a cool effect. But then there's the chandelier stage, which is awesome because they're literally. I mean, it kind of looks like shit. They're just you can tell they're taking like this little twenty five by twenty five pixel chandelier and blowing it up the entire screen. <laughs> but they're using like mode seven to rotate the chandelier, and you need to jump on it. And it's just cool that they're you know, thinking of fun like ways to work Mode Seven into the into the just the design of the game. Plus, you could totally tell that they did that to one up themselves from Castlevania Three in that moment because in Castlevania oh, yeah. Three you had that awesome moment where you're jumping onto the the pendulum, mm-hmm. and you had to do it twice. But they were like, well, "How do we how do we up the the pendulum scene?" And and then they thought of the chandelier. You know, <laughs> they did it, and which and is if- really cool. Even if, I, I always loved the fact that when you're doing that stage. Uh, the stage with the chandelier, like if you if you mentally map it out in your brain, you're walking below the ballroom, you know, where right. there's dancers and there's tables and everything like that, and you climb up the stairs on the right hand side, and then you go left across the quote unquote ballroom where these giant chandeliers would mentally exist. 
you know? Mm-hmm. They would be oh, hanging yeah. over the ballroom. And I always loved that. That oh, somebody yeah, took it's great. the time yeah. to think that kind of thing through. Yeah, like the you level know, design. Like everything kind of makes sense. Exactly. It the, all flowed perfectly together. The whole game. The whole game is actually like that. When you're yeah. going from one thing to the next, it all makes sense. It's it's cool. There's um this website called, I think it's called VG Maps. I may have spoke about it before on a, on a previous game club, but when you look at a lot of these old game maps, it's so awesome to see how they thought. Like how the developers, like you don't, when you're running through these stages, you're not really thinking about it too much, but like, I don't know, look at the first stage of Chippendale Rescue Rangers for Nintendo, for example. Like, if you go to this site and look at it, it's just cool to see how you're running through these buildings. You're like running through like a small town and you know, you're climbing up these phone poles and you're not thinking much of it when you're doing it in the game, but you're actually climbing up like phone poles that you've seen earlier in the game, stuff like that. Like, it's just cool how you can see how the developers thought about the, the stage layouts. It wasn't just, you know, this mishmash of just whatever, at least in the good games, you know, mm-hmm. in the ones right. that... It wasn't just throw challenge at player and who cares what the background element it was. There was, there right. was thought process to it. Right. And, yeah, Castlevania Four just... The whole, like you said, the whole journey, like the whole thing, makes sense. It's great. Yeah, I even love when you fight the uh, the knight who's like who's in that uh, the encased uh, glass. Like when mm-hmm. you defeat him, the floor breaks out from underneath you, and you fall into the dungeons. And like yeah. right at the beginning of the next stage, you actually have like you see Simon fall just a little bit to signify that he fell down into the into the dungeon. And then even the map before that, the map shows like the slight drop. Yep. That he takes, you know, it's cool. Yeah. It's just. All really well thought out. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love those little sequences too, in between the levels when the when that little bit of music plays. It's like that very baroque sounding music, and it shows mm-hmm. you the dots go all the and show you like, you know, where you've traveled. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, there's just so many nice touches in this game like that. That, that just man, it, it, uh, it really is like the perfect game for this time of year too. Uh, oh yeah, I had a blast. I had a blast playing through it. It was great. I uh, the first time I played through it, I I, I kind of rushed because I I was under the impression that we were going to be doing this game last week, but then we did, um, Colorvine, and so like I, I played as quick as I could and I captured some footage for that, and then I played it again uh, live for our charity stream, and um, I got I finished the game on the charity stream, and I was I was really surprised at uh, like especially in the later stages how much muscle memory kind of comes back for mm-hmm. some of the old jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially the the very final stage, just before the the end bosses, where the um, the there's these really wicked um, flying platforms you have to jump on that start from the lower left hand side of the screen, and they just they zoom up to the top right hand side of the screen, and and they give the player like zero warning for the spikes that are about to basically yeah. stick you in the head. But literally, my first try, I just like nailed the jumps. And I was like, that was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I felt the same way. When we were talking earlier and I said that there's going to be times where I get hung up, like that was the state. I was expecting to die there so many times, and I, I did it on my first try. It was crazy. Yeah, I actually got hung up on the on the actual bosses, and I was actually happy to have the chat there with me to help me out with the bosses because uh, uh, I actually learned a new trick in fighting death, which I'm probably going to remember from, from here on on how to actually fight death. And then I, I totally completely forgot how to fight slogra and um i don't know how i forgot this but i actually forgot that super secret giant stash just before dracula himself where you you jump down to the left and they they like dump a bunch of fried chicken hearts and and triple boomerangs on you (laughs) that visual i don't know it was funny (laughs) dump a bunch of fried chicken on you (laughs) that was where i got my that randy that was i told you uh i almost 
beat the game without continuing, and I said yeah. I fell off the steps. I was going, I was going to get the secret stash. Yeah, and I forgot how to get the secret stash. I didn't. <laughs> I forgot that I had to jump, and I thought there were stairs, and I fell right off the edge. And I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, two jumps. I think. I think even if you know that the steps are there, I think there's something wonky with the programming of the game that it actually won't let you walk down those stairs. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But, but yeah, Which, two jumps to the left, and you get fried chicken dumped on your head. Which reveals, by the way, that I cheated to fight Dracula. I, see, I deserve it. Cheat. Somebody was saying, oh, that's a cheat. I, I would call that a cheat if you like typed in a code that gave you all that kind of stuff. That stuff was built in the game. That's a secret in the game. It's a secret. It's true. But you know what it does for you, and you know that... Totally OP. Dracula was actually <laughs> whooping my ass before I found that, refound that stash. Oh, really? I, oh, yeah. He whooped my ass hardcore. He's not too bad, because he actually feeds you during the fight, so... He does, and what was funny is I forgot that he feeds you. Like, he has those fine little laser Yeah, he gives you the orb. Yeah, mm-hmm. the orbs. And uh, I, I was actually dodging them like an idiot instead of trying to whip them to make, make drumsticks. And, yeah. Um, but out of all the Draculas in all the Castlevania games, he's e- easily the easiest. He is definitely the easiest. And when I, when I was younger, uh, I can remember being kind of like, you know, you, fought, you get his second form, and then they mm-hmm. start playing... The, the theme of Simon Belmont music. I can yeah. remember being kind of like disappointed the with that. Or vampire killer music, yeah. Or no, no, it's not. It's the... Uh, is it the vampire killer music? I thought I'm that was sure the, like the original theme. It's the Simon theme. It's the theme from the first stage. Well, whatever. It doesn't I thought that it was. I thought that that song was actually called Vampire Killer. No, Vampire Killer, I think, is the theme from the first one or Castlevania 2, I forget. It's in, like, all Castlevanias. Yeah, That's the thing. Like, all. all the Castlevanias have a remix of Vampire Killer. Yeah. Yeah. That one's in pretty much all of them. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I know um, what you're talking about. They pump yeah, up so they, they start play playing that, the that. theme. And I can remember being, like, disappointed that they didn't play, like, new music. Mm. But I, I love it now. I actually think that's, like, a cool... It's a cool touch to get you, like, pumped up. Because, like, you, yeah. you're trying to be triumphant in that mm-hmm. moment. And he's actually kind of a bit of a pushover at that point. Like, that's when he gets easy is mm-hmm. on his second uh, form. So you're like you're you're feeling kind of good about yourself. So I I like that that touch. It's uh it's cool that they did that. Two um, forms though, by the way, that's got to be like the least number of forms that Dracula has in any of them. Because I even remember in like Dra- Castlevania three, he has like three forms, maybe yeah, even four. He, he definitely has the one where he's just Dracula, and then he has the thing where he becomes the faces that mm. like with the floating blocks you. and crap. Yeah, and then he's got that big demon. So I think there's three. Right. I was never able to. I, I, all truth be told, I was never able to finish the original Castlevania without a game genie. Oh, the original, the first one. Yeah, the very first one. I could beat three oh, really? if I had Grant in my party, but not the original one. Wow, it is hard. That game's actually kind of easy until you get to Dracula. Like I can blitz through that game in probably like twenty minutes. Says then, the guy who then, can like do contra with one guy. Or yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but, easy. but then I but then I spend an hour fighting Dracula, like an hour. <laughs> like that is just infuriating. That part. In fact, when I go back and I play that game, yeah. I usually just turn it off when I get to Dracula. Like I'll fight <laughs> Dracula, I'll fight him like twice, and I'm like, okay, I'm done because I know I'll be there for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> But even compared to the other bosses, like Dracula and the Mummy, are total pushovers in that. Like, yeah. The, the tougher the tougher bosses in that game are definitely. Actually, most of the bosses in that game are a little bit of a pushover. Especially if you got like triple boomerangs, they're dead. They're just they don't even get a chance to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, the most uh, the most frustrating part about Super Castlevania Four is whenever you got that power up. You know, the power up that you didn't want. Yeah, uh, like that was happening a lot. And you'd suddenly end up with like the dagger or some shit. Yeah. I, I actually like the dagger, but when you pick up the dagger from double boomerangs or triple boomerangs, you're like, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna mention that 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 kind of adds a layer of um, I don't want to say suspense, but it's kind of like uh, when when you when you have that weapon that you're just kicking ass with and you love it, and then you you hit a torch or something, and some and you just you have that split second as you're like in the air jumping towards the new weapon and you're just and you, like, and you know you're like no 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 and it's too late and then you got it and you <laughs> you get like the uh the, the water bottles or something and <laughs> yeah and you're like you're like i would have rather died than that yeah thanks yeah, thanks all the water. <laughs> Shit. yeah. speaking yeah. of the oh no moments I, this game has uh, a ton of as i call it to myself spit slurper moments where you're like making this jump and you go you know <laughs> i find myself i found myself doing it like a million times last night. i was like you know just like praying that i land the jump or you know <laughs> yeah the waterfall for particular like the final mm-hmm. jump on on part of the waterfall where you like jump up onto like that uh, pagoda or whatever to go fight medusa yeah. that is probably the hardest jump in the entire game right there yeah, there's definitely some tricky jumps. I think the difficulty on this one is actually really good, too. Like, it's not... I think it would be very... For someone that has never played it, I think they'd have a hard time. But, you know, eventually they'd prevail with a... You know, but would by keep it's, by playing it. It's very fair. It, I, exactly. It's very fair. Yeah, it's not... Where, there's whereas, no, like, cheap shit going on. Yeah, whereas I don't really think... Especially Castlevania three, I don't really think the earlier ones are very fair at all times. No, (laughs) no, they're not. And I've seen arguments, especially um, I'll I'll bring up um, my buddy Igor Raptor did a um, video. He's got a sequelitis series, he calls it, and he did one where it was like Castlevania 4 versus the original Castlevania, and he kind of goes into some game theory as to why, if I remember correctly, I meant to watch it again before I played this. Um, Or actually, I meant to watch it again after I played it because I didn't want it to affect my opinion of the game as I played it. Um, and he kind of goes into like game theory as to why he believes that the choices in the original Castlevania benefit that one versus choices made in Castlevania 4. Hmm. Um, and I think he raises some alright points, but oh, where was I going with this? Oh, so difficulties. So he kind of, he goes into things like how the, the long whip and the way you can just kind of do whatever you want with it uh, makes the game too easy and it eliminates the use for power-ups and that when when I first watched that a while ago that thought kind of stuck with me especially when I played through the game again I was like well let's see if he's right let's see how you know let's see how worthless the power-ups are in this game and I found myself using like the power-ups all the time like all the time really like, yeah you aren't using them very much I you know as a Castlevania player like in any of the Castlevania games I rarely use my power ups it's just something I mentally do you like, save them to, for the boss I save them for the boss like and and, and I have this weird mental saving you know uh, habit that I do that I don't use my power ups at all like during the gameplay unless I need to like right. there's a part where you're swinging across the uh, the gap and there's like a skeleton like right at the other end of the gap and you gotta kill him before you land or at least you have to <laughs> hurt him before you land because otherwise Which- he'll just smack you off. Which is great because when I got to the credits and mm-hmm. I saw in the credits they show like the you know the computer playing and doing things, I saw him, him like, throw the weapon and I was like, "Fuck, I forgot I could do that." <laughs> 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 it was such a good reveal. I was like, "God damn it!" But I I thought that um, I think that the balance between the power ups and the whip 
I think it's still pretty good. They don't. Oh, that's right. We were talking about how fair the game is. I, the game is very fair. I think it is very balanced, and you know, you have tons of options with the whip, and yeah, you can like hang it and dangle it in people's faces or whatever. But you know, you're not really going to win a fight just by dangling the whip. You know, like it, it's very weak. Um, it, you know, it's good for just like fending off little things like a bullet or a Medusa head or something like that, or. You know, if there is, like, this tricky guy underneath of you and you don't want to go down the steps and get hit, you can just kind of, like, hang the whip on his face and take him out that way. So I think that the game is definitely very well balanced. I I don't really see any issues with it uh, in that regard. Um, And I, you know, I agree with you guys. I think this is... Well, I think, Randy, your favorite one is Symphony of the Night, so I guess I'm agreeing with Steve that this is... For me, it is the my favorite Castlevania. I, for me, though, it's not like I would say, like, Symphony is so much better. Oh, I, I would definitely go Symphony, and then and then this is, like, a super close second. Um, but, uh, gosh, there was something I wanted to say about fairness and difficulty. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, even for people who actually play the game religiously and who have probably played it religiously throughout their entire lives and stuff, um, people who play it more than we have, um, there's always the second quest, too. And what I really liked about the game was as you got closer to Dracula, the monsters actually got harder. So, like, the skeletons, as they were further away from Dracula, you would hit them once. Like, the skeletons, mm-hmm. you would hit once and they would explode. But as you were getting closer and closer to Dracula, they would take two. And then on the second quest, after you complete it, you can play it again. And, like, the skeletons far away from Dracula take two. And I think as they get closer to him, it's three. So, even if the game was easy for you the first time around or you, or if you've gotten used to everything, it still dished out another little bit of challenge for you. So, you could keep replaying this game. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is kind of important because even if you master this game... And I don't think Phil or I could say that we, we've mastered the game. I, I There was a time when I was younger, that I could play through it with one guy, but no more. Um, uh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, you you could knock this game out in an hour and a half to two hours if you were fast, mm-hmm. you know? And again, if, if, if there was a game that cost 50 bucks or 60 bucks, which this is how much that game actually cost back in the day when it came out. Mm-hmm. If there was a game that short for two hours right now, they would be... <laughs> for lack of a better word, they'd be whipped to death for games <laughs> criminally short, which um, sucks. I thought I actually thought about that too when I played it night- last night. I was like, you know, I just blitzed through this game in like an hour and fifteen minutes. But I mean, it's it kind of ingrained in our heads, so we're good at it. But I imagine your first time it, through, you would never get through it in two hours ever, right? And I, but even if on our if it was our first time through, somehow we were to play it again blindly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that I could probably finish it in like a three hour span or something like that. You know, it's not sure, you know, it's not like overly difficult. So yeah, I was thinking about the length too. And you know, we talk about game length on, on here plenty of times, but I've been playing, um, uh, dead space two, uh, for, for Halloween's my Halloween game. Nice. Um, which I've never played before. And I, I've on average, I've been playing it like once a week, for about an hour and a half, usually. I try and I try and get like a decent chunk of it done. So I'd say I'm I'm on chapter eight of this game. I don't know how many chapters there are. I'm gonna guess I'm like halfway through it. Um but you know, every time I play it, I'm playing an hour of it and I'm just kind of progressing this story along and there's a few times where I die and I just start right over and I get over that hurdle immediately and I move on to the next thing. But I'm not like remember I'm not retaining any of this game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, a game like like 
this game, it's like ingrained in our, we'll, we'll never forget it because it is short, but we've played it so many times and we like, we love it. We, you know, we, but there was probably, a reason why we played it so many times. It was because it was that good. It wasn't because it was like, there was nothing else. We had the entire NES library at the time to play, you know? Right. And I mean, those games are short too. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the way that games are designed these days. They're, they're more designed to just kind of get you from point A to point B and, you're going to win, you know, you're probably not going to lose if you keep trying these games. And they don't really stick with you. Like sequence, like certain sequences do, like there's been cool parts in Dead Space 2 where I'm like, oh, this is pretty awesome, like when the shit's hitting the fan or whatever. But I don't know, if I played through, if I reset my game and started playing through it again, like I I don't feel like I'd be any better at it. I don't feel like I'd remember, like I'd still be clicking the button to see where I need to go because... It's just kind of a blur. Yeah. You know what I mean? In in terms of the length, I actually this game actually made me think of a of a very, very modern game was was actually Dishonored, where there's a lot of people that are kind of mad about how quickly you can get through Dishonored. Because if you know what you're doing, you really can burn through Dishonored pretty quickly. But I think the two games actually have a lot of, in common where they both have just a ridiculously high amount of polish. They're both really fun. And if you wanted to, you could play them over again and, and find different levels of enjoyment depending on how you actually want to play them. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, a good amount of similarity between the two of them, which is why when people were slamming Dishonored for its short gameplay, I didn't see that as such a negative because it was such a finely polished game. And it's not like you can burn through it in two hours like you can with Castlevania 4. You you know, it would take you a lot longer than that. Um but you know what I mean? Like, the, like yeah. the dollar. To, we we talk about this on almost every episode. Like the dollar to gaming ratio is important for some games, but I think that when a game is this polished, when a game is this perfect, that that dollar to gaming ratio almost goes right out the window. Right. Even the first Metal Gear Solid. That's probably what like a two-hour game. That's extended into an eight-hour game if you take your time <laughs> and watch everything. You know, like yeah. What, but I love like you know I must have played through Metal that. <clears throat> the first game a bajillion times skipping the cutscenes and just enjoy you know enjoying it and remembering it and you know and remembering all the stages and stuff like that and you know that game even though that's the game that definitely you know that and the, and the final fantasies of that era were the ones that were kind of pushing games towards more like a cinematic like yeah. story you know story to story sequence like Metal Gear Solid, it's still like a gamey game. <laughs> if that's if that's the way to say it. You know, yeah, cut there, out all the bullshit. There's a balance of the movie effects to it and the game mm-hmm. effects to it. Right. Yeah, but. I mean, we also look at this, and, and other guys like us and uh, around our age are going to look at this from the point of view of, of, you know, these are our classics. You know, so for us, we, you know, we kind of look at it, and, and I'm not saying that, that it's not true, that that they're, they're they're worth the dollar to um, enjoyment ratio isn't isn't uh, good, um, but so like these games for us have stood the test of time. They were fifty sixty dollars you know twenty years ago or whatever, and um, but we go back and we play them now twenty years later, and you know to us they still stand up, but maybe not to someone who's fifteen years younger than us who goes back and plays them. And for someone that at that age, you know the Dead Space twos, you know they may 
20 years from now be talking about Dead Space 2 and it may totally stand out to them. I don't know, but it might just be our, our perspective. I wonder. That makes I it would like, be really interesting to see what, yeah. the, what the, the generation after us, what they will consider as their classics kind of thing. I, right. I, like, I'm very curious to see which games will stand the test of time for them. Right. It's funny, just to, like as an aside, my, my nephew, my oldest nephew, he is 19. Yeah, 19. Uh, his, you know, his system that he grew up with was N64. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding it like uh, I was over his house the other day, his parents' house, and a bunch of his 64, a couple of his 64 games were stacked up. And I'm like seeing the games that he thinks are like the, in his brain, are the, <laughs> you know, the classics. These are the games like Banjo Kazooie and yeah. uh, uh, Pokemon Snap, Goldeneye. There's a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Snap. I do love Pokemon Snap. I'll give do you really? One. Oh yeah, it's like I hate Pokemon, but I, I love I, Pokemon I, Snap. I, I know your age, but just just for the sake, do you mind telling everybody what your age is right now? My age? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thirty. You're thirty. See, I think you were you were right at that cusp of like the the Pokemon. Like you were right in that demographic that poke that Nintendo mm. was targeting for with Pokemon. I was Maybe a little out on the high end. I was a little out of it. I um, I can tell you my Pokemon history. Um. <laughs> I can remember hearing can about. You, can Pokemon. you show us your Pokemons? Yeah, I can show, us show your you. I can show you my Pokemons. Let me show. Um, <laughs> show, the, show us to them. Because <clears throat> I can say right now, Steve are. and I, Steve and I were probably a little bit too old. Like when Pokemon came out, we were probably like, "Yeah, Pokemon, all right, looks fun for the kids," but I'm too old for that right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. To- I was totally like that. Yep. Never mind. Never mind. Steve was not that. I take. Steve, it I want to know about your Pokemon. I still next. watch Pokemon every morning now with my eight, <laughs> with my eight year old daughter. <laughs> so I think yeah, it's funny because it's, your nephew. I, I, you're talking about your nephew. Like that was the reason why I was not that big into Pokemon because my nephew was really into it. I'm like, oh, my nephew's uh, really if, into it. Yeah, oh, if he likes it, then no, my nephew loved it then too. I remember, but um. I can remember hearing, you know, I was up on it on this stuff, so I knew Pokemon existed before it came here. I knew it was huge, and I knew it was Nintendo. So I mean, I when it was, it was also coming the show here, that was giving everybody seizures. Too. Yeah, of course, that was big Pokemon news monsters. too. Yeah, before it came here, um, <laughs> so I knew I couldn't wait for this game because uh, you know it sounded like it was going to be something I loved. And then I think if I remember properly, they actually had started showing the TV show here first before they launched a the game. And I watched a few episodes of that, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know. This is kind of dumb." And I was really in the—I an- was really in the anime at that point. You could show me any f- fucking anime on the planet at that point; I probably would have loved it. Lens man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't dig the show, and then um, the game came out, and I bought. I was working at KB Toys at the time. I think it was. I'm gonna say. 97 maybe 98 yeah it was about that's about right around that point um and i bought pokemon red the day it came out i still have my copy i still have my mint box copy i played it for like eight hours and i was like this is a hobby this is like yeah this is grinding it's, it's you need to just fucking grind and i was done that was it eight hours of pokemon is all of my pokemon experience i've never <laughs> i've never tried it again that was it yeah, I feel like we've I had this conversation before on like a previous podcast. I don't think it was Game Club. It was might have been another podcast. But I remember having the really? conversation about Pokemon being a hobby and not, yeah, not, it not is a, a hobby. In, on its own, it is a hobby. And that's yeah. how things like that, to me, that's how things like World of Warcraft are. And yeah. um, even to some extent. Even Call of Duty multiplayer. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Even to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah. It's, it's definitely something other than like just playing a game. 
Yeah, it's like I play video games and I play Pokemon. Yeah. You know, I don't, by the like... way, just kind of as a just as a, as a sub note here, because there are a thousand million Pokemon fans out there who are probably just outside my window right now with pitchforks and, and torches ready to kill me. I, I I'm not saying that I dislike Pokemon. Because oh yeah. I don't I don't dislike Pokemon. It's just that it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was it was my market. And but I get it though. Like I had friends in college. Like when I was a junior or so. Like I had friends who were freshmen. They were they were just figuring out like what Final Fantasy was at the time, and they're like, oh, I get it. Final Fantasy right. is like Pokemon, but more serious. And I was just kind of like, no, other other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, going back to the point about my nephew and like classic games or whatever. So I have become pretty hard on that generation of games uh, as I got older. I don't think something like Banjo Kazooie is a classic. I, th- I mean, I listen. I loved Banjo Kazooie when it came out, and I yeah. played ungodly amount of hours. But Banjo Kazooie. Is not a good game. <laughs> oh, I just had them put their forks and torches away. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I love Rare. I miss I I miss Rare so much. But they're they're only N64 games that have probably withstood the test of time. Is Blastcore? Blastcore? No, Perfect Dark is Dude, shit. Dude, Blastcore was a awesome game i was about to say a blast but that would have been redundant yeah. Blastcore <laughs> was awesome yeah blast core and uh I, i'll give them killer instant gold people would probably kill me for that one but there's nothing else really like that on, on n64 yeah a lot of their stuff is not age right and i, I think know, a lot I could of play i could play goldeneye multiplier i could still play that a lot of games from that era from the a nintendo 64 have not aged well i mean quite frankly i mean there's not a whole no. lot that you could name on this no system. not really I, um, I could I could go off on Zelda sixty four for a while, but that would certainly get me. No, that game's great. Egged. That game's still great. Sorry, dude. <laughs> no, wait, dude. No, I, I will I will I will continually say that the the best Zelda game in the entire series was Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, and and I will stand and say forever well, I could that give you Zelda sixty four is just a three dimensional version of Link to the Past. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it a better game just because it's in three dimensions. You can play like a much more refined game in two dimensions. Oh, I agree with that, but I think I don't want to get into a whole thing. But I think especially I think, since we're supposed to be talking about Castlevania. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think Zelda sixty four, and I think Majora's Mask in particular. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I could go on all day about this, but <laughs> but I see your point. I could easily give you a link to the past and not argue with you. But you know what? Um, though honestly, I think I think we're I think that actually stands a lot to say about actually. Uh, Super Castlevania that, we, that we're so easily able to get off track about it because we all know that we loved this game that that the music was perfect that the controls were the controls are dead on mm-hmm. I mean the jumping controls it was probably the first jumping uh, control scheme that that a Castlevania had where you could control the character in mid mid air because Castlevania is one through three if you hit jump into the right you were flying to the right and yeah and listen I like that I actually yeah, yeah there there is definitely room for that but I, I'm right. saying this is the first one where you had control over it. right. And this game, and I think the game works to, you know, it's it's balanced. You know, it doesn't. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm like my my thoughts are are, are I scrambled. Know what you're saying. But, like, but go the on. Game, the game is tailored towards that control scheme. Exactly. Like exactly. And there there was a bunch of other really cool elements that it actually introduced. It introduced landing and jumping on stairs, which you couldn't do before. Yeah. It introduced eight directional whipping, which mm-hmm. you could not do before. And in fact, a couple of games afterwards, you couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you couldn't. I think it's the only. It's like the only Castlevania where you can whip like that. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, Bloodlines on Genesis, one. I think you. 
think you kind of can on Bloodlines. Really? I think there was so. one of the GBA great, ones. I, I can't remember if it was Bloodlines where you you couldn't you couldn't dangle the whip, but if you held on to the button, he would spin uh, it around yeah, like, it a, circle, like a numbchuck. circle of the moon was the first. Yeah, was that what it was? You could do that. Yeah, it's the first GBA one. We should next year. We should do Bloodlines. Did you guys ever play that one for Genesis? No. No. You know what? I've always wanted to play Bloodlines, and I think it's a great idea for next year. Yeah, we should do that because it's awesome. And if somebody told me they like Bloodlines more than Super Castlevania Four. I probably grown a little bit, but I would give it to him because <laughs> it is fucking awesome. It is good. <laughs> those guys yeah, made. Fine. Those guys made. Uh, here, here's a preview to next year's conversation. Those guys made the Genesis do shit that it wasn't even supposed to do. Like, it's cr- crazy shit. Crazy shit. It's good. And I'll, I'll tell you what. In in um, in another kind of. Uh, nod towards Super Castlevania 4. One of the biggest reasons why I was really excited about uh, about um, God, why am I blanking on the name? The newest one. Shadow of Darkness. No. Uh, Lords of Shadow? Lords of Shadow. Thank you. <laughs> I, the reason why I was like really excited about it, everybody everybody kind of got jazzed and like the, the media just started flaring up when they were like, oh, Kojima's going to be working on it. I, I don't care. That Kojima's working on a Castlevania game. I don't, I don't give a crap. But when they were like, "Oh yeah, this is, this is the spiritual successor," or this is, this is, you know, they they said that Super Castlevania Four was the spiritual inspiration for this game, and they even did like one of the trailers. They actually used the intro music, music for the yeah. for the intro music for Super Castlevania Four. That was what really got me into that. That mm-hmm. that's what got me excited about that game was Super Castlevania Four. So, um, yeah. I think I said something there. I think that there was. A I think I just wanted to point out there. that I think Shadows of Continue Darkness up, might hopefully. be the best one of the like best like doesn't no. exist subtitles for a game I've ever heard. <laughs> shadows, <laughs> Shadows of Darkness, <laughs> Lords of Shadow. Yeah, I like that yeah. though. Shadows of Darkness. Someone's got to make a game and call it Shadows of Darkness. <laughs> Lords of Shadow, by the way, as a, as a side note, is actually. All the vampire killer themes. I think that one's my favorite one because it's done in a music box. Oh, oh uh, are you talking about uh, Lords of Shadow? The way the music's done? Yeah. On the music box stage. I'm yeah. sorry, you guys just came back in. That's why I was quiet. Oh no no no! I was I was saying like because like the vampire killer theme. My favorite ones that it actually existed on were were Castlevania three, four, and mm-hmm. then actually Lords of Shadow because of the music box. I think the music box yeah. idea for it was perfect. Yeah, that was cool. Lords of Shadow is a cool game. That, that game gets kind of shit on, and it's it's got like some bad parts, but I think as a whole, it's it's a pretty cool game. I definitely like it. Yeah, uh, and Agreed. I'm and I'm pumped for the second one. Me too. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, yeah. Definitely excited for that one. I, I guess I just love Castlevania. I would even I want to play I want to play through the sixty four ones again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> because. Your misery level running a little low. No, I don't. In my brain, in my brain right now, they're not as bad as people make them out to be. But maybe they are. Maybe they are at bad. I think you're better off playing the PS2 ones. No, they're better than. I could make the case right now that they're better than the PS2 ones. Yeah, (laughs) I could. (laughs) Um, you know, rank them. Like now, now that we've played uh, last year, we did Symphony, and this year we did this one. Like, how do how do your favorite Top five Castlevanias. Where do they? Where do, where do they fall, guys? Oh, that's hard, man. I really? Know. I you mean, can you I can mean, even whittle down a top three. I mean, this is definitely right. my favorite. This um, one's one for you. Yeah, and then maybe I would say two. 
would be my second favorite. Really? Yeah, I, I really like two a lot. I know it's it's kind of a not one that people like a lot, but I I really enjoyed it. That's all right, man. Um, I think that's a good answer, man. Yeah, I'll give it to you. And then maybe Symphony after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil's grown, and then eh, I'll give it to you. No, right. no, I'll give him two. I like uh, two. I lo- dude, I like two. I I, I could definitely go Symphony, and then four, and then probably three, and then um. Believe it or not, Lords of Shadow is pretty high on there. I wow. have to say, yeah, I really, I really do. Like, like I said, one I thought was really cool. If I, if I ever see an a, an upright cabinet of one, and and I had to, a pocket full of quarters, I would lose my money into it. <laughs> um, because I actually, everybody knows back then, whenever you found like an arcade version of a game that existed on a console, the arcade version was ninety nine point nine percent always going to be better, you know. And I always loved the arcade version of uh, of the original Castlevania. Well, I can tell you that the arcade version, if you played it now, is not that great. Really? I remember that the biggest thing that like always whooped my ass on that was I almost always ran out of time. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's cool because it's Castlevania, but it's. It's. I'd say it's probably broken. Ouch. Yeah. But uh, all right, top top five. Oh man, you, just do a top three. You got you got to understand how much I love Castlevania. All right, I would <laughs> give it. I go like maybe four one, Symphony, and then maybe like three, and then Bloodlines. Yeah, none of the and GBAs then, or D or DS. And ones I really there. like a lot of the GBA and DS ones. Yeah. But, and I just played through a lot of them actually fairly recently. Like the two GBA, uh, two of the GBA ones I played through recently, but um, those are like cool, but I feel none of them, none of them were as good as Symphony. Yeah, they all feel like Symphony clones, but didn't quite live up to its greatness. Right, right. I think um, the two of them on DS, um, Dawn of Sorrow, which is I think the first one, is really good, and then the last one, which was with the girl. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, the name I can't. The name is slipping. Shadow of Darkness. No. <laughs> it's right behind me. I can't I can't see it. I see the box. I can't read it. I will here. laugh my ass off if they ever make a Castlevania game in the future called Castlevania Shadows of Darkness. <laughs> I will laugh. It probably exists. It's probably that one that where you whip. There's an arcade one where you whip that came out in Japan. I don't think it came out here. That's, that's probably what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one, but the, the last uh, DS one is actually really cool, too. I like that a lot, but... Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd throw it up into the uh, into the favorites. I definitely like. I definitely prefer action two D Castlevania versus Metroidvania. Yeah, and um, the Wii, the WiiWare one's kind of cool. If you guys ever checked it out, it's never neat. Did. I never got around to checking it's, that one. It's out. like the old ones. It's two D one, but it's cool. It's worth worth trying. Hmm. All right. Sorry How about that. <laughs> oh man, you guys are cutting out on me again. Well, are you still there, Phil? Luck Phil did you cut out again? But I think we might have lost Phil for a second. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm back. Oh yeah, no, oh, it's okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> I thought it was a little strange that you just kind of stopped. That's why I was kind of had like that awkward moment there. But <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, my, my I, audio. Let's uh, give our final thoughts on Castlevania. I, I think we've pretty much. Uh, hit everything but uh just uh, you know it's it's a classic it's amazing go play it yeah yeah it's it's a classic one of the best soundtracks of all time mm-hmm. and it'll be tough to top it um 
And like you said, it, it is one of the core SNES games. And, and if somebody said a top 10 of SNES games, it would it would probably land in the top five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, I agree on all on all points. Yeah, it's you know it's it's Halloween. It's the spooky time of year. People like doing spooky stuff, and uh, this is certainly a good game. So if if you uh, have not played it, if you missed out, uh, and you have the means to play it, uh, you definitely should check it out. It's a it's a classic. Don't yeah. emulate it on your phone with a touch screen. Oh, that's no. Just, no, that's just terrible. No, please. No. Oh. I don't even want to hear about that kind of shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Unless it's on your iPod XL, then uh, by all means. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean the iPad Mini. Uh, I mean, whatever. whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so next time on the uh, Game Club, we're going to be playing uh, Escape Goat. Uh, and that is a. Well, it's not a free-to-play game. It's it's uh, you have to buy it now. It's five bucks. If you go to playescapegoat.com, you can play a nice demo of the game. Uh, should give you a pretty good idea of what it's all about. It's uh, what would you say, Phil? Puzzle platformer. <laughs> puzzle puzzle platformer. We need to change the name of this podcast to the Puzzle Platformer Cast or something. Like <laughs> In, indie Puzzle Platformer Cast. Yeah. Club. Uh, this one's cool, and it actually is a good. Follow- no, it is good. It's a good follow-up because it's kind of got some similar. Uh, tone to uh super castlevania in yeah a, in a way uh nice. so uh, and it's and despite the fact that it is a puzzle platformer it is not one that has some f- fucking wonky physics engine bullshit it works <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a puzzle platformer in the purest sense yes. of the word it's definitely very cool and like i said you can play it for free guys Go over to playescapegoat.com. There's a there's a demo on there that I, I don't know how. At one point, you could play through the entire game for free on there. Yeah, but they've there changed was a free it, weekend. and I think now it's a limited amount that you can play. And then the game itself is five bucks. It's got some cool music you should check out as well, uh, and it's a it's a neat title. So uh, I'm looking forward to playing it and uh, talking about it on the show. I think I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> this, this uh, I think it's been on the. Uh, I think it's been on the list too for a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, Game Club, yeah well, a few list. months ago, right, was the first time I remember us talking about it uh, mm-hmm. offline, not not on the show, but in our normal daily conversations. Um, yeah, yeah. So please check it out; it'll be good. Um. So yeah, all right. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, episode number thirty-four in the can. Head on over to iTunes and the Zoom Marketplace if you want to check out an audio version of this show. For the people who may be watching it on YouTube, you can subscribe to us there and you can get it, uh, get uh, that on your MP3 player or whatever of choice. And uh, we're also on Stitcher Radio, which is a nice way to listen to us if you're on an Android uh, phone. They have a nice little app. You can get podcasts and stuff on there and look us up on Stitcher Radio. Uh, and iTunes and Zoom reviews, uh, we would greatly appreciate them. Uh, it helps us out with rankings uh, on those marketplaces and gets more people aware of the show and listening and hopefully uh, submitting their feedback. So we would really appreciate any support you guys can give us in that regard. Uh, and for all you folks on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button up there and subscribe to the Outer Geek channel. Uh, and head over to eldergeek.com, uh, where you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, there's also a Twitch TV channel where I'll let Randy uh, tell you what's going on with that right now. 
Right now, and actually until the very end of the month, uh, so October 31st, we're actually doing our Friday Night Creature Feature Charity Marathon for Child's Play. Um, pretty much every Friday, if you happen to be seeing this be before Friday, every Friday we're actually, we have streamed horror games and, and uh, all the donations that we've been collecting have been going directly to Child's Play. Um, we've had some great giveaways from Gamersgate, and um, yeah, it's just been a really good time. I think... This Friday is actually going to be the last one, and uh, I'm going to be playing Deadlight, and I believe either Resident Evil 1 and 2 or 2. So, there you have it. Cool. Cool. Yes. Go check it out. So, uh, yeah, that about does it for this episode of the Elder Geek Game Club. Thank you very much for listening and checking us out, and uh, please uh, look forward to the next episode in two weeks, uh, which will be the scapegoat. Yeah. Awesome. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. We'll see you guys then.